أليس الله بكاف عبده كاف from the root letters كفاية is when something is adequate it's enough it suffices such it completely fulfills the need such that nothing else is needed after that nothing else is needed after that has it ever happened that you go somewhere to eat and then you come home and you're still hungry huh you were shopping and then with one friend and you call another friend i think i need to go she's like didn't you go just now i'm like no it was not successful happens all the time right kifaya is that when something is adequate and sufficient and perfect in such a way that you don't need anything else after that the need is fulfilled 100% 100% your need is fulfilled you don't need to turn to something else anybody else allah says alaysa allahu bikafin abdah is allah not sufficient for his servant allah is asking what's the answer yes bala ya rabbi of course he is enough very much so because he is the owner of all treasures in whose hand is everything when a person makes dua to allah isn't that sufficient when a person is relying upon allah isn't that sufficient when a person is hopeful for allah's reward isn't that enough alaysa allahu bikafin abda if allah is defending his servant isn't that sufficient but still wayukhawifunaka and they frighten you the people frighten you billadina with those who min dunihi besides him meaning they make you fear false gods wa may yudlilillah and whoever allah sends astray wa may yudlilillah fama lahu min had then he has no guide no one can guide him you see this ayah was primarily revealed because the people of makkah they would threaten the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that our idols our gods are going to harm you you better stop your preaching or else you will suffer yukhawifunaka min duni they frighten you with other false gods but if allah is defending you isn't that sufficient for you yes that is definitely sufficient for you so we see that they would frighten the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam threaten him with their idols and this was not something with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam exclusively there's something that almost every prophet faced we see in surah al-an'am ayah 81 that one of the prophets of allah was also warned against the idols and he said wa kayfa akhafu ma ashraktum wa la takhafuna annakum ashraktum billah why should i fear those whom you associate with allah you should be afraid of allah because you are committing such a huge crime of shirk why should i be afraid i'm not doing anything wrong in surah ali imran ayah 175 allah says inna ma dhalikum ash-shaytanu yukhawifu awliya'a it's shaytan who makes you afraid of his friends fala takhafuhum don't fear them wa khafuni and instead you should fear me in kuntum mu'minin if you truly believe us because alaysa allah bikafin abda is allah not enough he is enough so rely upon him and fear not in surah at-tawbah ayah 129 faqul say hasbi allah allah is enough for me anytime we need something anytime we're afraid hasbi allah la ilaha illa hu alayhi tawakkaltu wa huwa rabbul arshil azim he is the lord of the great throne meaning there is no one higher than him superior than him greater than him he is the highest 
I am relying upon him. In Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 64, the Prophet ﷺ is advised, Ya ayyuhal Nabi, Hasbukallah. O Prophet, Allah is sufficient for you. وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And also for those who follow you amongst the believers. And it is Allah's promise, Surah Talaq, Ayah 3, وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّرْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever relies upon Allah, then Allah is sufficient for him. So in this ayah, the Prophet ﷺ is being comforted. He's being given confidence. You don't need to fear these people. Keep doing your work. Because Allah is defending you. وَمَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهِ And whoever Allah guides. فَمَا ذَنَّاءْ لَهُ For him, مِنْ مُضِلْ Any one to mislead. At the end of the previous ayah, what was mentioned? وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهِ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادِ If there is anyone whom Allah sends astray, no one can guide him. And here, whoever Allah guides, then none can mislead him. That's why we should always, always ask Allah for guidance. Always. Guidance is something that only Allah gives. And it is something over which we can never take credit for it. Because we see people apparently upon the right path and then off track. We see people on error and then they're upon guidance. Guidance is only God-given. Only Allah has control over it. If He gives it, no one can take it away. This doesn't mean that if a person is upon guidance one day tomorrow, he can never be in error, he can never do anything wrong. What this means is that if Allah guides a person and keeps him guided and gives him the strength, then no one can force him away from there. Because Allah is protecting him. Because you see, Yahdi, Hidayah, is not just to offer guidance. Hidayah is also to guide upon the right way. To ensure that a person is on track. Like your GPS. doesn't leave you. If you take a different turn, it will keep guiding you back. Isn't it? Even though you know your way, you know where you're going, but it'll keep guiding you back. This is Hidayah. Offer guidance and keep someone on the right path until they reach the destination. So this is entirely from who? Only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as long as a person is being guided by Allah, he is guided. And if a person is left by Allah, then no one can guide that person. No one can guide that person. Have you heard of that hadith in which we learn that a person is upon guidance and he appears to be of the people of Jannah, the gist of the hadith, until he is an arm's length away from Jannah. And then what happens? He ends up doing something because of which he falls in hellfire. And on the other hand, a person appears to be of the people of hellfire and then right before his death, he does something good and he ends up being amongst the people of Jannah. When we read this hadith, when we hear this hadith, we think, oh, but then what, what about the poor person? You know, the decree prevailed, the qadr prevailed. What was his fault? The lesson of this hadith is that just because you're doing good today, don't think you've got it all under control. You don't have it in control. It's Allah who is guiding you. It's His favor upon you. So realize that and keep begging him and keep thanking him for that favor and ask him for increase this blessing for you. And don't judge others either. So, وَمَن يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادِ If Allah leaves a person to stray, meaning he leaves him 
to fend for himself, leaves him unhelped and unguided, no one can help that person. His friends can cry, his family can cry all they want, nobody can help him. And who does Allah guide? Who is it that Allah offers guidance to? The one who wants guidance. And the person who does not want guidance, who has that spiritual pride, spiritual arrogance, I'm too high above this. Then, there's no guidance for him. وَمَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ مُضِلٍ Whoever Allah guides, for him there is no misleader. أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ Is Allah not بِعَزِيزٍ Definitely mighty, exalted in might, بِنْتِقَام Owner of retribution. Is Allah not Aziz? How could you think that His help, His guidance is not sufficient? How could you think that? Is Allah not Aziz? He is Aziz. He is all capable of defending you, of saving you, of protecting you. And He is Dintiqam. Those who hurt the Messenger, the Prophet ﷺ, then Allah has the power to take revenge from the Prophet's enemies. Dintiqam, because Allah is dintiqam. Dintiqam, do, possessor, one having. Intiqam, revenge, meaning one who has the power to take revenge. Because what happens to people? Sometimes we don't have the power to take revenge. Because we're weak. Allah is dintiqam. Wala in, and surely if. سألتهم, you were to ask them, من خلق السماوات والأرض? Who is it that has created the skies and the earth? لا يقولون الله. Surely they will definitely say it is Allah who has created everything. This ayah comes so many times in the Quran in so many different ways. If you ask them who owns this, if you ask them who made this, they will say Allah. Meaning, in theory, a lot of people know Allah is all powerful, isn't it? But when it comes to practical action, then where does our faith go? Where does our tawakkul go? Where does our confidence go? So, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ They will say, yes, it is Allah who has created everything. قُلْ say, أَفَرَأَيْتُمْ Then have you considered مَا تَدْعُونَ Have you even seen مَا تَدْعُونَ That which you call upon مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah being these idols, these false gods that you've made and you invoke them, you worship them. What is their worth? What have they made? What have they done? What power do they have? Tell me. Because afara'aytum is a rhetorical question which means tell me. Think about it and tell me. Ma tad'una min dunillah. What have they made? What have they done? What power do they have? None. In if aradani. He intended for me. Who? Allahu Allah. If Allah intended for me, bidurrin, with some harm, if Allah intended some harm for me, then these false gods you have, hal, are, meaning are they, hunna, they, hunna is the feminine of whom, are they, meaning capable of, kashifatu, are they kashifat, ones who remove, Durrihi, his harm, meaning the harm that has come from Allah. These false gods, are they able to remove the harm that Allah has afflicted, that Allah has sent? Can they remove it? Can they take it away? No, they cannot. Kashifat, plural of the word kashifah. 
and kashifa, kashafa, to remove, uncover, unveil, lift. So kashifat, those who lift as in take away, those who remove. Durrihi, the harm that has come from Allah. Notice something over here. Hunna kashifat. This is masculine or feminine? It's feminine. And what is it referring to? Their idols. The false gods. Why is the feminine used? Because they're inanimate. Right? This doesn't mean that the female has no life. Okay? No. In the Arabic language, sometimes we see that inanimate things for them, feminine is used. But also, another reason is that they believed in many female goddesses. We see this in many mushrik traditions that where people worship multiple gods, you know, those gods are not just male, they're also female gods. Right? And female has been used in particular, whereas plural could be used. Female, also what this, in Arab society, their culture was such that, you know, woman was a symbol of weakness. Right? Female was a symbol of weakness. Of someone who was dependent on others, someone who needed to be defended. Because that's just how life was. You understand? There's a subtle indication here. They're so weak. That if Allah inflicts one dur even, in aradani Allahu, if Allah intends some dur for me, all of your false gods collectively cannot remove it from me. Aw or the opposite of that, aradani, he intends for me, Rahmatin with some mercy. If Allah intends some mercy for me, some favor, some ease, some good for me, hal or hunna they, meaning your false gods, mumsikatu, ones who, ones who restrain rahmati, his mercy. Can they keep it away from me? Can they block it from me? Mumsikat, plural of mumsika, one who does imsak. And what is imsak? To hold back, retain, not let go. What's the answer? No, they cannot. They cannot keep it away from me. Because Allahumma la mani'a lima a'atayta. Wa la mu'atiya lima mana'ata. So Allah says, Qul, say, hasbi Allah, Allah is enough for me. Alayhi Allahu bi kafin abda? The answer is given over here. Qul, hasbi Allah. Alayhi on him, yatawakkalu al-mutawakkilun. Those who trust, must trust. Those who rely must rely upon who? Alayhi. Upon Allah only. Because if someone is relying upon other than Allah, then he is not doing tawakkul. He is being foolish. So mutawakkilun, those who do tawakkul, should do tawakkul on who? Allah. Alayhi yatawakkalul mutawakkilun. Because if a person is doing tawakkul on someone other than Allah, then he is not doing tawakkul. He is being foolish. You understand? Why? How? Because what is tawakkul? Tawakkul is to rely on someone with full faith and confidence. Ultimate level of your faith and confidence and trust that you can have on somebody, that is tawakkul. That they will not disappoint me. They will get this done. They will help me. They will respond. While adopting the necessary means. Tawakkul includes that. 
while adopting the necessary means, you rely upon someone with full faith and confidence. And why, for what reason? That they will certainly remove some harm or bring some benefit. So I'll repeat this again. It is to rely on someone with full faith and confidence while adopting the necessary means that they will, what's the faith that you have in them? That they will certainly remove some harm from you or they will bring something good to you. This is tawakkul. So Allah says, عَلَيْهِ يَتَوَكَّلُ mutawakkilun. Those who trust must trust in Allah. Because this trust should only be upon who? Allah. No one else. Not the doctor, not the medication, not the money, not the phone call that you're making, not the emails, not the money that you've got. All of these are means. And you must adopt them. You must adopt them. If you have a headache, you must adopt some means. You know, for example, you take some Tylenol. You're taking it. But when you're taking the Tylenol, don't have faith in Tylenol. So that after four hours you're wondering, why do I still have my headache? You understand? Faith is in who? Allah. The Tylenol is a means. You have faith in Allah. Hope in Allah. That Allah will remove this difficulty from me. Positive, positive. Always. This is tawakkul. So, alayhi faliyatawakkalil mutawakkilun. Now, in this ayah, there's further negation of shirk. There is negation of shirk. Previously, an example was given. Again, remember what I mentioned to you about Surah Al-Zumur. It's a surah that requires just reflection. Concepts are clear. Alright? You know, they're as if sprinkled. And then, in the middle, there's so many questions making us think and wonder and reflect. So, here, again, there is negation of shirk. And how is that being done? That if Allah is the only one who has full control and authority over everything, such that if He gives, none can take away. If He withholds, none can bring. Then a person must rely upon Allah. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 66, we learn Ibrahim a.s. He said, قَالَ أَفَتَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكُمْ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَضُرُّكُمْ do you worship someone besides Allah who neither benefits you nor harms you? In Surah Yunus Ayah 107 we are asked, We're told that if Allah afflicts, if Allah touches you with some harm, no one can remove it but He. And if He intends something good for you, then no one can take back or repel His fadl. So, Allah, say Allah is enough for me in every worry, in every difficulty, every trial. I do not need to go to any deity, any ghair Allah, only Allah, because my Lord is enough for me. Qul, say, Ya qawmi, O my people, i'malu, work. The Prophet ﷺ is told over here that now with full confidence, tell your people that i'malu, work, ala makanatikum, upon your position. Makana. What does makan mean? Place. And makana is the place or the position that a person is in at that moment. So, ala makanatikum, work in your position, meaning remain upon your, your position. And what was the position that the people of Makkah had taken? Of shirk, of opposition to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? Animshu wasbiru ala. Alihatikum. Sabr over their false gods. 
Right? So, Go ahead. Do what you want. Remain on your position. Work in your position. And also means that work according to your makana. Meaning according to your situation. Whatever your situation allows you to do, do it. Whatever means you can adopt, whatever is within your ability, go ahead and do it. Basically, this is a challenge. You want to oppose me? Go ahead. Do your best. Give it your best shot. Who can say this? Someone who hates you is working against you. It's like you're challenging them. Right? But who can say this? Someone who is 100% confident. And the Prophet ﷺ is told to say this to his people. اِعْمَلُوا عَلَى مَكَانَتِكُمْ Do your best in your opposition. إِنِّي عَامِلْ Indeed, I am also working. How? عَلَى مَكَانَتِي In my position, and that is of iman, of da'wah, of iblal, tabliq. I will also convey. And how? According to my capacity. I will do the best that I can do. فَسَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ And soon you shall know. You shall know what? outcome. So this is the statement of the one who has tawakkul. Tawakkul on Allah. You do what you want, the best that you can, and I will do what I want, the best that I can. And let's see who wins. So the one who does tawakkul, what does he do? He does amal. You see, in the previous ayat, what is established? Have firm faith in Allah. Don't fear these people. Don't fear their false gods. Have firm faith in Allah. Be confident. And then, once that is established in this ayah, what is being established? You have to do your best. Amal. Amal ala makanatikum. Inni amal. I am also working ala makanati. So the one who does tawakkul does amal, the best amal, the maximum capacity that he has, according to that, fearlessly, unapologetically, so, in other words, stop worrying about what others are doing. Do what you have to do. And do it well. Do it with excellence. Our problem is that if things are not perfect, I'm like, oh, why even bother? You know, for example, every person dreams about doing hit. Okay? I wish I could be happy, but you know, I'm 17 now, it's too late for me. Because I didn't go to a hit school when I was 7, so... Too late for me. The situation is not ideal. Circumstances are not perfect. So we don't even try. What do we learn? The one who does tawakkul does his best. So do what you can do within your capacity. Do what you can do to the best that you can. And once you start working, once you start striving, then you do it. Whatever your goal is. And when you have faith in Allah, then it's as if your vision, you see it. And you're not afraid of others then. Look at the firm faith of the Prophet ﷺ. It's as if people of Makkah are being challenged. Go ahead and do what you want. You will know. The results will show. Let's see who wins. So if something is important to you, and things are not ideal, don't worry about the circumstances. Worry about what you can do. The best that you can do. If you give it your best, 
You're 100%. There's no way that Allah will not grant you success. He will grant you success. Because you are doing your best. فَسَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ You will know. What will you know? مَنْ يَأْتِيهِ It will come to him. عَذَابٌ punishment. What kind of punishment? That will يُخْزِيهِ It will humiliate him. Where? In this world. The results will show. Very soon we'll find out on whom humiliating punishment will descend in this life. وَيَحِلُّ عَلَيْهِ And it shall descend on him عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ An everlasting and enduring punishment. يَحِلُّ حَالَمْ لَمْ حَلَّ حَلَّ is to untie. And it's basically from, you know, when a person arrives somewhere, they untie their baggage and then they get down. So يَحِلُّ It descends. عَلَيْهِ on him عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ مُقِيمٌ from قِيَامٌ Meaning one that lasts, lasting, enduring, permanent punishment. We see this is something that happened in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. When? At the Battle of Badr. There's a Makki Surah, early Makki Surah. And what happened in Medina? The Prophet ﷺ did Hijrah. Within a year, Mushrikeen came to fight. And what happened? The Battle of Badr happened. The Mushrikeen, their heads, their leaders were humiliated in this life. What happened to Abu Jahl? What happened to all of these leaders of kufr? Aimmatul kufr. And this is just the beginning. Yahillu alayhi adabu muqeen. In the hereafter is everlasting punishment. Prophet ﷺ is told, Inna anzalna alayka al-kitab. Indeed, we have sent down the book to you. For who nasi For the people bilhaq in truth. Meaning with the truth, with the right guidance. فَمَنِ اِهْتَدَى So whoever obtains guidance, adopts guidance, internalizes it, فَلِنَفْسِهِ Then it is for himself, meaning he will benefit. وَمَنْ ضَلَّ And whoever goes astray, meaning he ignores this guidance, he doesn't accept it, فَإِنَّمَا يَضِلُّ عَلَيْهَا Then he is only going astray against himself, meaning to his own detriment. Notice, فَلِنَفْسِهِ And on the other hand, عَلَيْهَا لِنَفْسِهِ the benefit is his. Alayha, the harm, the detriment is also his. Wama anta alayhim bi wakil, and you are not, O Prophet ﷺ, over these people, a wakil. Who is wakil? In charge. This is wakil. Someone who's a caretaker. Someone who is a guardian. Right? Someone who is to make sure that the work gets done. This is wakil. Right? The Prophet ﷺ is told, you are not a wakil over people. What does it mean? You are not to compel them to believe. You are not to ensure that they believe. Your job is to convey and then leave it to them. Your job is to convey and then leave it to them. But we like to become wakil. Wakil is like a micromanager. You understand? Our problem is we like to become wakil. So it's like we, we teach somebody how to how to pray. And then we ask them, did you pray? Prove it. We like to become wakil. This is so wrong. Because the thing is that when we become wakil over people, what's their reaction? Leave me. Get away from me. So if you've taught, for example, your, your younger brother how to pray, and how to focus in prayer, and not to look here and there in prayer, when he's praying, please don't sit there staring at him, watching where his eyes are going. 
Leave it to him, please. Don't be a wakil over him. Your job is to convey, khalas. Talk about younger brother, even your husband. If you've told him, you for example raise his finger in a particular way in salah, you've told him, done. Now don't sit there watching him, checking, inspecting. You don't need to do that. You're not a wakil over people. Your job is to convey and finish. Your job is done. And we see this, how beautifully the Prophet ﷺ adopted this manner. The Sahaba, there are reports that show us, you know, they had slight differences in prayer. Slight differences, not major, slight differences. Even when it comes to the wordings of prayer. It's not like one is wrong and the other is right. Okay? There are reports going all the way back to the Sahaba. How is it that the Sahaba differed in their understanding even in their practice a little bit. Because the Prophet ﷺ was not a micromanager. He didn't sit in front of each person and say, read out your prayer in front of me. So I can make sure that you're saying it 100% accurately and as I want. No. He didn't do that. And we need to learn this methodology also. Give space to people. In Surah Hud, Ayah 12, we learn, you are a warner, and Allah is wakil over everything. And you see, there are things for which people need time to learn. Give them time. Give them time. Let them make mistakes. It doesn't mean you don't teach them, you don't educate them. No, teach them, educate them, guide them. But then, let them experience it. It's not right, it's not fair to humiliate people over little, little things. It's not appropriate. Let them make mistakes. Once you've taught them, once you've informed them, let them make mistakes. Because if you don't let them make mistakes, how will they learn? We want perfection. We say, oh, you know what? I made mistakes. I don't want my children, I don't want my students to make mistakes. I want them to have it 100% right from day one. That's unfair. Unfair expectations. In Surah Al-Ra'dayah 40, فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغِ on you is the obligation to convey and on us is the account taking. So you do your work and leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have you ever seen your work, your writing practice maybe from grade 1 or grade 2? How have you written 8? I was looking at one of my books, found it from somewhere. It was just two circles, you know, with a big gap in the middle. Right? How did you write A? How did you write 9? How did you write 10? How did you write your name? How did you spell words? You made mistakes, right? But they were not considered mistakes. Why? Because you were learning. You were still in the early stages of learning. And this is how we need to be when we're helping someone learn the deen. Realize that it's the beginning. It doesn't mean that we're making halal haram and we're making haram halal. No, we're not changing the law. We are just being more affectionate, right? More realistic, giving time to a person, giving them some space. Recitation of these ayat. أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبَدَهُ وَيُخَوِّفُونَكَ بِالَّذِينَ مِن دُونِهِ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادٍ وَمَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ 